Dabo knew it. The mist had formed into a simulacrum of his fourth grade science teacher, Mrs. Staples. She put her hands on her hips and scowled at the young man. You never finished your homework on precipitation, the spectre snarled. I'm 38, Dabo screamed. Why does it matter? You fool, can you not see that I have precipitated? She said. I am the mist, and the mist is me, and I am punishing all the lazy students in the world. Wait a second. Steve? Uh. Where the heck is my newest victim? Uh. What do you mean there was no one out at 2 a.m.? Uh. Did you check the alley behind Mr. Furley's? Uh. And what about the dumpster behind CVS? And I guess you have to bring out her. No! No, not again, please! No more stories! Silence, you pitiful wretch! If you ever want to escape my dungeon, heed my words closely and do as I bid. Escape? Are you letting me out? Oh, I might consider it if you, as they say, Knock off my socks from my feet. That's the phrase, isn't it? I just don't think I can handle another one of your stories. Now, of course, I don't have to ask you to agree to read my evil story, because you have been a prisoner of mine for several millennia, kept alive by my ghouls and my evil magic. So here's your story. Let me pull up my evil chair. Now this story is about the love between mothers and daughters, or mummies and daughters. Oh, great. Storacophagus. Spending her final day of summer vacation cleaning out a dusty old storage unit was the last thing Alila wanted to do especially because there was a quadruple feature of monster movies playing at the local cinema. It had all the horror greats, ghosts, killer trees, boogeymen, and mummies. A creature feature fiend like Alila couldn't pass it up. But pass it up she must. All because of the divorce. It had happened in May, and she and her mother had immediately moved out of the abode that had been theirs for the past 17 years, so Alila's now estranged father coom bastard man could move in with his new, until recently secret, family. Secret Trish, secret Alex, even secret tiny Ulysses. 
how she loathed them all. Alila didn't miss her father. She loathed him, too. But she missed her mother, Sunshine, being a mother. Sunshine had gotten fired from her waitressing job after the divorce, and she'd spent the entire summer drunk and sat on the couch, and as such, had no time to clear out the storage unit before the September 1st deadline. Thus, Alila found herself, on the last day of summer vacation, at Great Pyramid Storage, with her mother, finally sober for once. Sunshine swiped her key card over the outside entrance. It took a few attempts, but the heavy door finally clicked open, and the two of them entered. The door closed behind them, blotting out the sun's precious rays like a tomb. Where's the light? Alila asked. Dark, echoing clicks answered her as the hallway's fluorescent lights clicked on one by one, unbidden, but not unwelcome. Sunshine led the way down the hall. These lights are usually motion-activated, she said. We must be the only ones here. Because everyone else is at the quadruple feature, Alila grumbled. They walked down a few more dark hallways that blinked to life as they passed, then up two sets of dingy concrete staircases, and finally to Unit 750. Sunshine used an archaic key to unlock the storage unit's padlock. Help me lift this, she said. Alila grabbed the bottom of the door, where she felt something grimy, yet somehow damp. She pulled her hands away. They were covered in black, like wet ash from an exploding sea volcano. Ew, Mom! Alila screamed, showing Sunshine her hands. This place is disgusting! Sunshine frowned. I don't have the energy to play your games, Alila. You're helping me with this, and that's final. Her mother's tone was venomous, like a threatened asp. Alila wiped her hands on her jean shorts and succumbed to lifting the door. It opened with a terrible squeal, like an off-course freight train. Alila looked up and saw a bucket of sand tipping toward them. Watch out! She yelled, yanking sunshine to the side, as the pail tipped and ten pounds of sand plopped heavily onto the place where her mother had just been standing. What the helm? Alila asked as the last of the sand sputtered out. That almost crushed you! It's just sand, Alila. Sunshine said dismissively, stepping beside the pile of sand and glancing at it like it was nothing more than a single dust bunny. So you're just going to pretend that didn't happen? Alila asked, bewildered. Exactly, Sunshine said. She went on to examine the contents of the unit. Inside was everything from Alila's past, her old lavender desk from her childhood bedroom, movie posters that had been thrown haphazardly into the moving van, now torn, her mother's favorite old moth-eaten chair that had lived in the family room Alila's entire life until the divorce. Alila found herself saddened, not about these things, but about the old life they stood for, about who she and her mother had once been not so long ago. Sunshine stared at the project before them. Start pulling everything out, she said, wiping away tears, which equally could have been from heartbreak or dust. She noticed her mother was still wearing her wedding ring and was overtaken by even more sadness. Where are you going? Alila asked. To the car, Sunshine said. Alila was angry. She knew her mother was sneaking off to grab the flask of peach schnapps, the hard stuff, that she kept in the glove box. She crossed her arms. I'm not letting you get drunk and sad while I clean out the remnants of our old selves, she shouted. 
Her true but painful words echoed through the empty building like a great cavern. Sunshine said nothing, but a depressed, gloomy look overcame her as she walked away. Alila was sick of being a parent, but guilt stabbed her like a jackhammer and she got to work. She dragged one large brown rectangle across the threshold and felt it catch on something. She yanked and yanked, but it was like it was stuck in quicksand. Finally, she lifted the box with all her might and found a sword sticking through the bottom, holding the box in place. The sword had seemingly popped up through the small space between concrete floor and storage unit. Alila got the box off and tossed it aside, then dared to touch the tip of the weapon. It was sharp and unbendable, a real blade. What in the world was going on here? Hello there, little girl, a creepy middle-aged man called from the 600s hallway. Alila turned to look at him and gave him a polite wave that also said, please stay away from me. But the man did not stay away. He walked all the way to their storage unit and looked over her head into it, ogling their belongings. What you got in there? He asked, eyeing an old bed frame. Never mind, Alila said. We're taking it all. I like those antiques back there, the man said, dollar signs in his pupils. Alila thought about it for a moment. If she sold everything to this man, she'd be done quickly and could catch half of the quadruple feature, and she could obtain some much-needed money, money that had been absent since her mother's termination. But then she saw what the man was looking at, an old stained cabinet. Those aren't antiques, Alila said. I just spilled a lot of grape juice when I was a kid. I see, the man said, friendly front dropping like a crumb from a shortbread cookie. Well, I'll go back to my own unit then. Wait, did your unit try to kill you with sand? Alila asked. Or a sword? But the man was gone, walking toward another hallway, most likely to accost any other unfortunate souls who were here. Alila was left mostly in darkness until Sunshine reappeared, empty-handed. What, no alcohol? Alila asked, dislodging a large, soggy box and slamming it onto the floor, where it squished into a misshapen cube. Alila could hear Sunshine's phone on speaker. Great pyramid storage. You've reached the office. Please leave a message. Hello, this is Sunshine McCloud. My daughter and I are locked in this building. Come get us out or something? Sunshine hung up, annoyed. We're locked in? Alila asked. I couldn't get any of the doors open, Sunshine groaned. Great Pyramid this is. Why is it called Great Pyramid anyway? Alila asked. Is the pyramid great? Or is it the best pyramid storage of them all? And they aren't even trying to go with the theme. Where are the desert murals? Where is the sphinx? Where are the mummies? Sunshine ignored her daughter's ruminations. I'm going down to the office to find someone, she said. Alila left everything there and followed her mother. If Sunshine found a way out, Alila had to prevent her from getting the schnapps. They pushed open the door to the nearest stairwell. But as their feet touched the first step, a spiky gate crashed down toward them like a deadly stalactite. Mother and daughter screamed as they ducked under the sharp iron just in time. What the hell was that? Alila screamed. But Sunshine had no time to answer, for at that moment, another gate crashed down toward them. They were lucky they were short as the gate would have removed the heads of anyone taller than five foot six. 
As Alila and Sunshine sprinted down the stairs, the gates continued to plummet threateningly toward them. They ducked and dodged, but when they got to the bottom step and the final gate crashed down, Alila felt it skim the hair on the top of her head. She ducked, grabbing her mother's hand, and pulled her forward. They fell down onto their stomachs and slid across the floor to safety. Alila got up, feeling her new and first bald spot, and looked back up at the staircase. It was now blocked off with a series of iron gates, like a forbidden castle corridor. Alila took a second to look around. To the left, she saw another long, dark hallway of storage units. To her right, the office. Come on, she said. We have to figure out what's going on. I just want to get out of here, Alila. It's no big deal, Sunshine said. No big deal? They're booby traps. Someone's trying to kill us. They ran toward the office. The door was ajar. It was dark inside, but a small lamp let off a crescent of light. The walls were painted sand yellow, and enlarged pyramid bricks were stacked in a triangle against the wall. The desk an employee would normally sit at was shaped like a sphinx. And behind the sphinx, an open door, as if something or someone had just walked out of it. Behind the door was a cold, dark tunnel, like a catacomb. And at the foot of the door was a body. The body was that of a woman's, wide of stature and curly of hair. Her face was cornflower blue. The blood vessels in her eyes popped, rendering her scleras deep crimson. She wore a great pyramid storage uniform and had a cell phone in her dead hand. Alerts lit up the screen. Two voicemail messages. Alila examined the scene before her. Something bad is going on here, she said. Sunshine screamed upon seeing the body. She tried calling 911, but her phone was almost dead and there was no signal. Alila, meanwhile, was in action mode. She went behind the Sphinx and started searching for any clues that could help her figure out what was going on. Taped to the Sphinx's head was a list of rules. 1. Do not steal. 2. Do not get in its way. 3. Always remember to pay the offering. Alila shuddered. What was it? And what was the offering? What are we going to do? Sunshine asked, frantic. We're stuck in a storage building with a dead body. Alila was trying not to panic. And this question from her mother hit the wrong trigger. I don't know. You're the mom, she said. You always want me to have answers, Sunshine shouted. Well, I don't have answers and I can't do everything right. And I can't be there for you like you need me to be right now, okay? Alila felt tears welling in her eyes. At least her mother finally said it. Alila looked away from her mother and to the wall. There were words painted above the Sphinx. She could barely read them, so she grabbed her mother's mostly dead phone and shone the flashlight on it. Great Pyramid Storage, it read. And beneath it, thieves will be punished. The phone died. The light went out. And then, someone walked out of the tunnel. Alila's heart sank. Her legs shook like leaves in a centrifuge. It wasn't a person. It was a mummy. 
White wraps had worn to nearly brown, covering its entire body, now crunchy like paper mache. It had no face, disguised as it was by the ancient Egyptian bandages covering its whole head. The bonds were unraveling at the ankles, creating a trail of bone-colored fabric behind it. It groaned at them like a rumble of thunder, then lumbered toward them. Sunshine couldn't stop staring into its absent face. Alila didn't want to stare, but caught a glimpse of where the wraps were peeling away from one another. Behind those bandages was something, someone, with tight, leathery skin like cured deli meat devoid of all its juices. Alila could see gaping sockets where the eyes once were. The mummy stumbled towards Sunshine, and paralyzed by fear as she was, Sunshine didn't move. The creature jabbed its terrible arm forward, impossibly fast, and struck Sunshine in the nose, immediately releasing from both nostrils the most crimson of liquids, that being blood. The mummy was strong. Alila didn't understand how this could be, old and decrepit and dead as it was. But it jabbed again with intense velocity, this time for Sunshine's throat. The air left her body like water from a whale's blowhole, and she keeled over. As if in response, the mummy stuck its stiff bandaged leg straight out and kicked Sunshine in the knee. Alila could see the mummy lighting up orange. The more it hurt her mother, the brighter it glowed. Mom! Alila yelled as Sunshine fell to the ground. Let it punish me, Sunshine said through gasps as she greedily sucked in air. I deserve it. The mummy lifted its leg again to crush Sunshine beneath another ancient blow, but Alila couldn't allow it. The only person who was going to punish her mom was her. She pulled a decorative brick from the top of the pile covering the wall and threw it at the mummy. Though the mummy was strong, it wasn't flexible, and it couldn't avoid the impact. The brick bashed into the mummy's left shoulder, severing its plastered arm. Its orange light extinguished and it unleashed a scream, long and loud like a great dark pit, and looked to the ceiling in pain or anger. It was hard to tell, what without eyes or any discernible facial features. Alila ran to her mother's side, scooped her in a protective stance, and ran out of the office with her. They brushed past the mummy, and Alila felt the hard, cold plaster of its body. A shiver sped up and down her spine like a barber's pole. Was that a a mummy? Sunshine asked as Alila found an unburdened stairwell to run up. Alila couldn't think straight. She now knew why they called this place Great Pyramid. They were in a tomb. A tomb that held at least one undead mummy. Alila thought about what started all of the strange happenings. Sand bucket, sword, deadly iron gates. It seemed like opening their storage unit had done it. Suddenly, she had a realization. This is its pyramid, she said. We're robbing its grave. She did a quick search on her phone. All of her creature feature knowledge told her she had to figure out the lore of this mummy in order to figure out how to defeat it. She found what she needed in seconds. A guy named Fragan Reagan used to own this land, she reported. His brother built this storage building over his tomb. Her phone then swiftly died. I don't understand, Sunshine panted. It makes sense, Alila said. For what is a dead body if not junk? 
And what is a graveyard if not storage for bodies? What? Sunshine asked. All this junk must be offerings to him, Alila reasoned, remembering the note on the back of the Sphinx. And mummies don't like it when people steal from their tombs. But how did we wake it? We only opened the door to our stuff. Sunshine shifted nervously. That's not exactly true, she said. Alila's heart sank as if it was weighed on a scale against a feather. What do you mean, Mom? she asked. I haven't paid the storage unit bill in a while, Sunshine said. How long? Alila asked, horrified. Ever? Sunshine replied. Alila felt her blood running like ice through her veins. You've damned us, Mom, she said. Sunshine put her face in her exhausted hands. I didn't mean to damn you, Alila. I'd never. It's punishing us for stealing its treasures, Alila said bitterly. Her extensive knowledge of monster movies told her there was always a way to defeat the monster, if only you were clever enough to figure it out. Maybe they could just put all their stuff back and it would be satisfied. We have to get back to the storage unit, she said. Sunshine had no time to respond, because at that moment, the lights flared to life down the hallway. The mummy was headed toward them. Alila pulled Sunshine to her feet, and they kept running until they crashed into the 700s corridor and to their storage unit. If it's mad about us stealing, we'll just put everything back and close it back up. It can keep all that junk, Alila explained. But... That's our whole life in there, Sunshine protested. Not anymore, it's not, Alila said. She started shoving the old furniture, boxes, and assorted hogwash back into the expensive closet. As before, the hallway fell into darkness behind them. But unlike before, the lights at their backs in the 600s hallway began to flicker back to life. It's just that man, Alila told herself. The mummy can't be that fast. But the mummy was that fast. Alila turned and saw its terrible figure staggering toward them, heard its deep, eerie moan. You there, get away from my unit, the antique lover shouted, rushing from another hallway toward the mummy. Stop! Alila yelled to him. That's not a person! But the man did not heed her shouts. No sooner did he get to his storage unit than the mummy turned its evil, wrapped face on him, stuck out its stiff arm, and grasped the man's neck between its plastered fingers. The man made a terrible squelching sound as the mummy squeezed. Alila couldn't speak. She couldn't pull her eyes away from the mummy murder happening before her. The man's skin was blue, veins bursting in a pattern of black and crimson across his visage, like a macabre treasure map leading only to death. Alila heard the muffled voice of her mother calling to her, but she was numb. The mummy reclaimed its arm and dropped the man to the ground with an echoing thud. The man's dead hands dropped an antique puppet, something likely pilfered from another unit. Upon the body hitting the floor, the mummy began to glow again. Bursts of orange-like sunlight radiated around its entire body, as if the kill had given it life. It put its fingers on the man's shoulders and squeezed. It squished the man farther and farther into the concrete floor like a pancake. Then its wraps absorbed the light, and it was beige as before. But as it turned its gaze back toward Alila and her mother, it seemed to move faster. 
Alila hurriedly started throwing the pieces of her life back inside the unit. But while she thought they could just shove it all in and leave, the unit was a specific size, and unless they built up the blocks just right, they'd never get the door shut. Do you remember how it was stacked? Alila asked. Kind of, Sunshine said pathetically. Alila grabbed her mother's shoulders. I need you right now, Mom. You can do this. You're more than Dad and his secret family. Sunshine glanced down at her wedding ring. She didn't seem convinced. So Alila pointed toward the nearly overflowing storage unit. You're more than that. Finally, Sunshine nodded. Boxes first, she said. Alila shoved and kicked the large boxes in Sunshine's direction. Sunshine stacked them neatly against a wall inside, expertly maneuvering between the sword and sand pile. The mummy trudged closer and closer. Chairs next, Sunshine commanded. Alila picked up two dining chairs, but just as she stepped toward her mother, she felt something grab her hair in a vice-like grip. She screamed and moved her eyeballs until she saw chalky, white, wrapped fingers. The mummy... She screamed and tried to fling the top chair toward the undead beast, but instead the chair clattered down onto Alila's foot. She yelled in pain, but took the remaining chair and flicked it over her head, straight into the mummy's gauzy dome. It released a bullfrog-like yell and grabbed its head in pain. Good job, honey, Sunshine said. Mom, pack, Alila yelled. I'll hold the mummy off. Sunshine started packing like their lives depended on it, because they very much did. Alila unleashed all her anger, frustration, and emotions on the mummy, as only a child of a broken home could. She rammed her elbow into the mummy's remaining shoulder. It threw its own elbow into her lip. Blood streamed from her mouth, dripping down her shirt. She snuck a glance at her mother and saw that the unit was almost full. Only the old family room chair was left. Alila wiped away blood and an errant tooth and ducked as the mummy stiffly shot its arm out toward her ear. She turned quickly, grabbed the arm, and flipped herself over like it was nothing more than a jungle gym. Alila landed flat on the concrete. From her place on the floor, she saw the mummy glowing orange again, basking in the energy her pain had granted it. It looked like it was absorbing the power through its bandages, and Alila got an idea. She rolled over onto her back and grabbed the loose fabric. Alila tugged on the bandage like a disobedient dog, and ever so slowly, the mummy started to spin as she began unraveling it. The mummy screamed long and loud. Trinkets fell out of its wraps. Sapphire earrings here, an old rotary phone there, as it spun like a macabre top. Finally, the mummy's whole body was exposed. Red and dusty like dry clay with black holes for eyes, nostrils, and ears. It was a horrific sight, one Alila knew she would never forget. But instead of crumbling like she hoped the mummy, or simply long dead man, would, it waddled toward her. Alila scrambled backward. With a shout of effort, Sunshine pushed the old chair back into the storage unit and pulled the door down loudly. Done! She screamed, locking it. But still, the mummy pursued Alila. Why isn't it gone? Sunshine asked. Let me think, Alila said. She ran through every mummy movie in her mind's eye. One word kept coming back to her. Offering. They had stolen. They were to be punished. 
but maybe they could offer the mummy something to distract it. We need an offering, something we didn't have before, Alila said. Sunshine stood there, thinking. She looked around, as if trying to find a suitable gift. Today, please, Mom! Alila screamed, watching the naked mummy inch closer and closer to her. An offering! Sunshine yelled. She screwed the long-in-place wedding ring off her finger. Gold with dazzling blood diamonds, it shone in the fluorescent light as Sunshine held it over her head. This caught the mummy's attention. It turned and started walking towards Sunshine instead. Alila got quickly to her feet. For you, Fragenragen, she said, if you let us leave. The mummy and Sunshine were now face to face, nose to flat stub. The mummy opened its gaping mouth and Sunshine stared into its hollow obsidian hole. How Alila hoped her plan would work. After what felt like centuries, the mummy held its frail brown hand out. Sunshine dropped the ring into the center. Just as it had when it murdered, it began to glow orange. It stared at the ring, giddy, greedy. Alila didn't want to stick around to see what happened next. She ran to Sunshine, pulled on her arm, and together they ran through the hallway, over the mummy wraps, and down the stairs. As they burst into the fresh air and sunshine, Sunshine threw her key card down in a puddle and left it there. They were done with this place for good. For what did they need their old life? On the first floor of Great Pyramid Storage, the lights in the once dark hallway flickered on, slowly, one by one. The mummy, somehow wrapped again, lumbered into the office, stepped over the dead employee, and back into its tomb. The door slowly closed. Here the mummy would rest again, satiated, until the next time thieves arrived to steal its treasures. Well, what did you think of this evil story? I, I, I thought it, I thought it was great. It was the best one you've ever written, Lord Serpent. <laughs> well, every prisoner says that. But tell me, how do you think you did reading this story? But me, I, I think I did a great job. Do you? Yes. Well, you did do a very good job. I'm so proud of you. Um, Gwyneth. It's actually Agatha, but thank you. Does that mean I can finally go? Set you free? Oh, no, no, no. What's the point of having a backup reader if they get set free every time they read a story? (laughs) No, please. You have a whole dungeon full of readers. What about the tree guy? What about the scape freak? You'll be here forever. (laughs) (laughs) This episode was performed by Stacey Milborn and Lord Serpent. It was edited by Stacey Milborn and Lord Serpent. Storacophagus was written by Stacey Milborn and Lord Serpent. It was produced by Stacey Milborn, Michael Morgan, Charles Brock, and Lord Serpent. Michael Morgan and Lord Serpent were the audio engineers. The music was composed by Michael Morgan, Stacey Milborn, Charles Brock, and Lord Serpent. Tune in next week for even more of my horrific tales of madness and terror. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Lord Serpent's Library 
and check out my homepage at rss.com slash podcasts slash Lord Serpent's Library. <laughs>